Welcome back to This Time Not Ready, the branch of the Drive-In Podcast Network. I'm Eric. And I'm Curtis. And today we are here to not rate a movie we watched this week. Um, it seems that everyone out there thinks that movies are one or the other binary, good or bad. So we're on our mission to try and prove if that's even really possible. And thankfully, we can continue to report we're failing. So <clears throat> we try and make it through questions in a gauntlet, answering objective truths to a movie. And then... When we inevitably can't do that, we talk about our opinion of the movie and sort of enjoy art for art's sake instead of a competition. So, did that seem did that seem a little uh, a little attacky? Uh, well, it's not aimed at anyone. It's mostly down to how I feel about this week's movie, which is what Curtis. Well, I mean, if you can't tell. Uh, by now, this yeah, week we are... Yeah, I have no idea. I noticed you've got a really nice hat on today. <laughs> yeah, it's a really, really nice hat. Uh, this week we are talking about, uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, the brand new Indiana Jones film where Harrison Floor... Floor. <laughs> where Harrison Ford plays, like, a, an 80-year-old Indiana Jones, something like that, uh, as he deals with the struggles of the idea of, uh, that the world no longer needs him and kind of being a useless relic from the past and going on one last adventure uh, in an attempt to kind of recapture uh, the old vigor that he once had. Does he? Well, find out when we talk about it. The stakes of this is that if you successfully answer 15 questions with just objective facts and answer the questions, you get a prop from the movie to the best of our efforts and a tiny little plaque signed that says you managed to have the objective truth about whatever movie you did. Okay? Mm-hmm. I can think of no franchise where there's any more money at stake in terms of getting <laughs> props, you know? So uh-huh. what what is it you would want from Dial of Destiny if you got through this? Uh, I mean, either the dial itself or the the uh, the the fake spear that uh, stabbed into Christ at the beginning of the movie. One of those two. Yeah, the spear. Is that thing called the Spear of Destiny that was driving me crazy? It's not. I called it something else. I can't remember the name. No, but that artifact is commonly referred to, I believe, as the Spear of Destiny, and that really irritated me. I was like, why are you doing this? <laughs> it why might be. I honestly the... don't know. It's Archimedes' dial and the Spear of Destiny in the Dial of Destiny. <laughs> like, what the... Let's just, let's just cut right to the chase. Mm-hmm. The objective truth. Give us the reality, Curtis. Is it good or bad? Is it good or bad? I honestly left this movie feeling very mixed. Uh, it has some very emotionally heavy moments and like probably some of the strongest char- characterization that I've seen Harrison Ford give the character of Indiana Jones probably in all the movies. Uh, by what facts? By what facts? Uh, I mean, I mean, in, in Indiana Jones 1 and 2, he has very little characterization. He's, he's mostly just like just like action guy. Going through a set series of adventures in in the in in Glass Crusade, most of his characterization comes from him building a relationship with his father and exploring that. You don't really get any kind of uh, like 
personal like like gross growth with him that isn't kind of related to his father. And you kind of get the same thing with Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls, where most of his characterization comes from his his relationship with Mutt. In this one, most of his characterization comes from looking back on his past and kind of building on that. So it's the first Indiana Jones movie where his characterization doesn't come from an outside character. It comes from an inner struggle. Okay. I, I had no problem with with the idea that this is the most um, like emotional Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. That idea. I think there's plenty of evidence to back that up. There's just straight up sequences where Indiana Jones stops to acknowledge the death of a loved one and that doesn't happen in other movies. Mm-hmm. And there's like conversations where he mourns the loss of his life. And he makes active decisions that are that are grappling with grief. Okay. Um, but your characterization, your idea, is something that I've heard other people say, which is that Indiana Jones has almost no characterization. And that's one, he's James Bond, so that's not true. Like he's there's straight up a character that he is. It might be a little one dimensional, but you take any one movie. Mm-hmm. Temple of Doom, he probably has the least characterization, and that's mm-hmm. the one set earliest in his life. But it's a ludicrously complex relationship with Marion that this man, who's been an archaeologist his whole life, has so many ties to other people, and he has this—he's taken advantage of someone, and she comes out of his past, and he feels like he's wronged her, and he has to take her along, keep her safe, earn back her trust. There's so much complication to him and Marion's relationship in that first movie. All right. So I, I just got to say, like, that's I've heard people saying it and it's and it it is weird, like bothering me that it's like. The idea that there's like some inherent value, no, this is not what you were saying, but yeah. the idea that there's some inherent value to him just being an action hero mm-hmm. versus trying to be a character somehow makes one or the other lesser than. It's like, no, nah, both work. Both have historically worked. Yeah. Like. I, I gotta say, I started, um, when I heard that James Bangle was taking over and Steven Spielberg was stepping down, the original enthusiasm I had was lost. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of behind-the-scenes stories about the development of the Indiana Jones franchise over time. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts with a collaborative meeting between Lawrence Kasdan, Steven Spielberg, and George Lucas, and you can read a transcript of them in the room cracking out basically the entire character and the entire idea of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. And then that movie had so much passion behind it from Steven Spielberg for a lot of reasons. And he meticulously storyboarded that movie. And it is so clean, so geographically like plotted out. out. And then George Lucas had an idea. (laughs) Yeah. And he took some of the, took some of the ideas that were discarded from, you know, from Raiders of the Lost Ark, like the opening in Shanghai and all that, and right. they put together Temple of Doom, and they explored some differences with the character, and it wasn't really the Nazis. They went a different direction. Mm-hmm. George Lucas was going through a divorce. They tried to skew it dark because of Empire Strikes Back, and it was a hive mind thing, not entirely driven by Steven Spielberg, who openly admitted he didn't really spend as much time on the storyboarding or anything either, Yeah, that you get Temple of Doom. Dissatisfied with that being the ending, mm-hmm. you get 
a five years planning development and creation of the last crusade meticulously storyboarded Mm -hmm. doing all this george lucas tried to pitch it as a haunted house indiana jones movie and they were like no yep steven spielberg (laughs) driving the movie towards the adventure serial that he wants it to be and they ride off into the sunset so that so that temple of doom is not the ending this is the ending yeah and for 20 years george lucas (laughs) wants him to do aliens and do you remember how he finally caved what if it's not aliens what they're 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 interdimensional beings now and then just fine george yeah fine and like that's that's the main thing that 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 you notice and like i i i went back and watched raiders and temple of doom kind of in preparation for uh this new one and i i haven't seen temple of doom in probably close to 10 years or so the last time i watched it in full was the first time you, you showed it to me uh these with these movies, you can tell which ones Spielberg actively cared cared about, and which ones he was just going along for. Well, I just, I still think he's he puts a lot of heart and soul into like any set that he's on, and the mm-hmm. relationships are still there. It's not like he doesn't care about Harrison Ford one way or the other, you know. Yeah. So I mean, ob- I I really like Temple of Doom, even though it has glaring issues. Um. Like the raft, obviously, was the number one issue. <laughs> that whole that, that that whole raft sequence going over the cliff. Then Kingdom of the Crystal Skull has, uh, and I've heard a lot of people echoing this, and this is how I feel about it. It has moments that are ridiculous, mm-hmm. nuking the fridge, swinging on the vines. Mm-hmm. It has moments. Yeah. Other than that, depending on the sequence, things feel artificial because of an overuse of CGI. But other than that, I, I don't think I can fault Kingdom of the Crystal Skull as large. It's not like it's some horrendous abomination. You know, it's... No. it's. Here's the deal, though. I got excited because Kingdom of the Crystal Skull did terribly and mm-hmm. had this infamously horrible reputation. And so Steven Spielberg, once again, just like after Temple of Doom, said, well, I can't let it end this way. Yeah. But would not move forward on, this, on the movie until they found the story that would work. Mm-hmm. And that took so long, he's not going to do it. James Mangold's going to do it. And I was like, okay, so we've broken the narrative. Mm-hmm. This is not going to be the passionate Steven Spielberg return in order to send off this franchise in a way that would be hyped for Raiders, Last Crusade, and this one. Yeah, This is going to be someone else trying to prove themselves with their own set of skills where you take four installments that all feel like they belong in the exact same world mm-hmm. now you're going to have one that is trying desperately to fake like it's in that same world yeah yeah so i was like eh and then then i heard john williams score played mm-hmm. for phoebe waller bridge's character mm-hmm. and then i saw the trailers and then i just i felt feelings and I was like, well, if I'm going to care at all, then this is going to be Indiana Jones, and I'm going to go into it. All right. So what's the good in this movie? Uh, good. I need to think about this one. You know what? I I, I still really liked how, how uh, Harrison Ford plays the uh, character uh, for the most part. I, I, I actually really enjoyed the uh, opening set piece, uh, like, <laughs> having like a flashback or seeing like the, the climax to 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 an Indiana Jones ad, ad, adventure that we're just seeing the 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 ending bit the climax of uh, and uh, I it is it's kind of like a 
like a uh, like a renewal, a a revival uh, of the uh, character in uh, that sense. Uh, like that whole sequence uh, just felt like like old Indiana Jones and like kind of like getting you excited for the adventure to come, and then you smash cuts to like eighty year old Indiana Jones getting upset that the young neighbors next door are playing their music too loud, yeah. and it just it, it cuts back to reality almost, and it's it, it's 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 like almost jarring. To an extent, but uh, I liked uh, Phoebe Waller. I can't remember her name. Bridge. Yeah, yeah. I liked her character after halfway through the movie. At the beginning, I I couldn't stand her. I thought she was irritating. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I've heard of that from a lot of people, and I don't get it. For me, it mostly comes from how how smug and how like just willing to double cross everyone she's ever known is all for the sake of money. It's, it's like, it's, it's almost like with, uh, with, with Max character in, uh, kingdom of the crystal skulls. Uh, and to to be fair, he's kind of jarring too. And they like, like with him, I I love that with Max. What are you a triple agent? (laughs) Like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I I started like her her character a bit more after the boat sequence when she gets when 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 she pulls off the the dynamite stunt, uh, and she gets a little bit closer to Indy. Uh, and she does nothing for the rest of the movie after that moment. <laughs> she kind of doesn't. <laughs> but her she, attitude. They leave from there. She sits. The child gets kidnapped. She leads the way through. She gets mm. bugs on her. They brush bugs off of them. Indy finds out about going under the water. Mm. Okay. And then she tries to get on a plane. And then she deals with the ending. That moment. Yeah. I see it's so confusing to me because she's Indiana Jones. And to me, it's it's very weird to hear people be like, I don't like Indiana Jones. Like, no, I know Indiana Jones seems more like, if you think immediately of Belloc, Belloc betrays him in the opening of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. You think of Indiana Jones as being someone who has, like, a a moral stance to him and, like, allegiances to people. And mm-hmm. when he's betrayed by people like Elsa and Mac and, and all that, he, like, it feels wrong. But at the same time, he's pulling off tricks all the time to steal things back. It's just, it's really clearly defined who's good and who's evil. And the only difference is that... Phoebe Waller-Bridge doesn't seem to care who's good and who's evil. She just cares about the money. Even like in in, in the beginning of uh, Temple of Doom, when when he's completely animus uh, uh, towards uh, towards a uh, Willie. Uh, at that point, when 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 he is outwardly hostile toward towards her, uh, she's at at that point she's already been annoying uh, by screaming and shouting, uh, only caring about. Super- well, so, no, the way that that starts is he puts a knife to her gut and kidnaps her. Puts a knife to her gut to get, uh, to get the diamond. Mm-hmm. And then he kidnaps her. Well, he grabbed her because she had the antidote in her breast pocket, so he grabbed her oh, to get yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, and then he gropes her in order to try and get it out. Yeah. But at that time, like, you're, you're already on Indy's side and not liking her, so her, so, so him being rude and, like, just angry at at, at at her doesn't matter because you're also in that mindset. At least that's how I felt. Yeah, but that. you've had all of Raiders of the Lost Ark to be on Indy's side. I wonder what it would be like.
like uh, history. Right. But you don't get any of that with uh, with uh, Phoebe Waller's character, except for that. Uh, oh, except for that in- initial scene scene where she's sharing a, a sort of uh, interest with with uh, with a uh, indie about uh, about the sieging of uh, Syracuse. Right. She was a child. She looked up to him. He was her godfather. She loves the same things that he loves. Right. So when she's outwardly betraying Indy, we don't know any of the motivations at that point. It's you just... Mean, like, by locking him in with the other Nazis? Yeah. No, you don't know her motivations, but you know that... You know that she's being hunted by evil people. But she had plenty of time so to she's... let Indy go through. Why not let let, let let him go through? You don't know why she's well, locked in behind. What's smug about that? It's it, it's it, that's not the smug part. It's it's the it's the it's the way that she's grinning and kind of like laughing at at the camera or, or like laughing at at, at Indy as she's running away. I don't. I just. I I guess I, I'm not going to understand it because to me it's like she's excited to be on an adventure and she's already displayed to Indiana Jones. Don't you want to go on an adventure? I want to go on an adventure. So every time she's about to do something thrilling and she smiles about it, why wouldn't you read it as that? I mean, at first I did, but then after, after the betrayal and and and, and knowing that that, that that she actively de- deceived Indy just to get the uh, dial, it that that scene is re kind of re makes you turn on her for a little bit. Yeah, it it is recontextualized as, as a double speak and just manipulation instead of like uh, earnest uh, uh, bonding over, over a shared interest. That brings me into like my ludicrously long list of things that I do not like about the movie, which is which is a hard thing to to kind of say. Is, hmm. um, how in the hell do they blame Indiana Jones for the death of his colleagues? He left a how bloody fingerprint on the phone, therefore he's the killer. Well, I don't I don't know if it's that or if it's because he ran away from the police in the street. It, it could chase that by the other people. Yeah, it, it's, but it's, it's probably a mix. Either way, it's a stretch and it doesn't make sense. And Red Letter Media pointed out uh, in their thing, there's all these weird moments like they, they're taking him out into a crowd and he tries to get the crowd cheering as if that's going to make more of a distraction. And it's like a really weird moment, mm-hmm. you know, versus in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull when he starts a fight to cause a distraction to get away from the Russians. Yeah. So you can kind of see what they're going for. So you can see how it's weird and doesn't work. Yeah. That begins a long line of editing problems and reasoning for people's like actions problems right um where uh the villains randomly decide not to kill people there, there's a point where the villains are, the, the, the the during the car chase the, the super long car chase yeah the villains fire a machine gun okay <laughs> at at Indiana Jones, and on the other side is, like, the drug lords or whoever that is mm-hmm. that are supposed to be... This is in Morocco. They're supposed to be tied to Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah. So Indy uses his foot to, like, jam the machine gun up against the front of their car so it shoots past their car into the Moroccan, like, people chasing them. Mm-hmm. Okay? Then, like, two seconds later, a bad guy points a gun out of the car again towards Indy. Yeah. Past uh, the guy from Sandman and from Logan. I don't remember his name mm-hmm. off the top of my head. And he literally says, what are you, crazy? And knocks the gun down. Yeah, that's weird. They, they didn't care at all during the horse chase scene back in 
I think New York is where that was. Um, yeah. And then it happens, it happens again. It's driving me insane. Uh, the, the dynamite sequence that you're talking about, kill Indiana Jones. She knows where to go. Kill Indiana Jones. Yeah. Why are you not killing Indiana Jones? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Yeah. This is Indiana Jones and the worst case of plot armor. (laughs) Like, there is nothing in this movie that looks as good and is edited as smoothly and, and, and pulls off that way. Characters, like the visual language of the movie, when he's on the horse, mm-hmm. he's moving right to left on screen, right to left on screen, right to left on screen, then left to right on screen when he gets downstairs, then right to left to run away from the train, then left to right in order to jump back up onto a platform, then right to left. Like, he's, it's, you can, you can kind of make sense of what's going on, mm-hmm. but I think some of the worst offenders in the movie are small moments, like when the villains raise their goggles and watch Indiana Jones going away. And right. Indiana Jones points out, we're going a different direction. And then it's like a full minute and a half to two minutes later, you cut back and the person's still <laughs> watching them and then goes, they're heading east, not west. And then it immediately fades away from his face. Yeah, that, 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 was, a, that was a very awkward edit. Why? All of the CGI in this movie looked fake, dated at least 10 years to me. Because mm-hmm. 10 years now is 2013, so you think of something like uh, Man of Steel. Yeah. And how, like, photorealistic some of the visual effects were in a blockbuster like that. Mm-hmm. This movie had no excuse looking as green-screened and and just straight up. I Everyone keeps talking about, like, the face. And, like, I, I, could, I can tell that there are shots where the face is pulled off and looks good enough that when he moves, you can only kind of barely tell what's going on. Mm-hmm. But then they have the sequence where he's hanging and he falls free. Yeah. And it's very clear that there was no actor. It was just a Gumby Indiana Jones made digitally, scattering yeah. to get to his feet. And I was just like, why did we do that? Why didn't you just cut to an outside shot of an explosion, and then a shot of the thing falling, and then just cut to a really quick, like, he falls from, like, this high off the ground and goes, boom, and is like, oh, and, like, gets up. Like... Why? Why, 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 why? I'm all constantly asking why this entire movie. Yeah, uh, the the only reason why this movie felt like an Indiana Jones ad- ad- adventure at all to me was, was mostly because of John Williams' score, which was just it, probably one of my favorite things about this movie was, was that yeah. score. Because I went in, into this movie not knowing that it was his score, so I, uh, that, that he was scoring it or that this was going to be his last movie that he would a- ever score. Uh and as soon as the score pick picks up, my my I like I, I I could instantly I could instantly recognize the style. I could hear you know like um, uh, I I I could discern Marion Ravenwood's uh theme being sewn into parts where Indy is is being reminiscent and 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 mournful about that. Like it just felt like his music. And I and my my first yeah. thought was wait did they did they just mimic John Williams' style so well that it just sounds like his and. I had no idea. Yeah, he retired with this movie. And um, I I feel a little bit bad that I don't think I could hum a single new theme. I can't either. I recognized all, all the old ones. I can't think of a single new one. As much as I liked Harrison Ford playing in Indiana Jones, there were just some sequences where I, I felt like they shot things because of his age. Like the... like um. 
in uh in Morocco during the car 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 during the car chase scene, I felt like that scene was only a car chase because Harrison Ford can't run anymore. Uh, I mean, they could have just put in a stunt double. They had they had a stunt double. I, yeah. I shared this on Twitter not too long ago. There's um. Oh they, yeah, the uh the the mask had faces masks like mm. like they they have all of the technology to do that. I I this is the beginning of my controversial opinion where I want to talk a little bit more about how I felt on this week in movies. I don't think anything in this movie was done due to fan opinion or mm-hmm. or limitations like that. It's clear by the script they mm-hmm. wanted his character to be aged. Yeah. So I think it was the vision from the beginning for him to not have to do things that he would not be able to do because they could have. Yeah. You know? Like and it's it's like with Butt Williams dying. Yeah. Bum 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 or spoiler podcast. <laughs> um they did not need to do that. Nope. Mutt Williams is an adult who didn't know Indiana Jones before the fourth movie fourth mm-hmm. movie. Indiana Jones like was estranged from his father off screen for all of his adventures, like like except the third one. Like that there's and then he's dead in the fourth one. You know, like there's there's no reason for them to be like, we have to write off Mutt Williams. No yeah. reason. I feel like everything in mm-hmm. this is deliberate, not a circumstance of having to appease an audience or explain things or like yeah. anything like that. Yeah, like like yeah. I, I mean, even going so far as, as to like near the end when when Indiana Jones and and, and Phoebe Waller Bridge are like climbing the wall to get into the uh, final place where uh, the other half of the dial is. Like he pauses and starts to like complain about all the crap he's been through through his adventures, saying how he has screws and metal bits just surgically implanted in uh, in because of how much pain and damage that he's gone through throughout all the years. Uh, but yeah, like that was the other thing. Like this is like they've done it before in other Indiana Jones movies, but this was kind of like reference heavy towards his past ad- adventures, like Phoebe Waller Bridge saying. Uh, haven't you ever been obsessed with the something that 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 your dad was calling back to that last crusade? Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's uh, assistant is is clearly a a, a short round character. Uh, they even have a very similar backstory. Uh, what uh, short round's backstory? Uh, Indy caught him stealing from him on uh, the streets after his parents were uh, killed during the bombings in uh, Shang Shanghai, and they became oh, friends. Phoebe Waller-Bridge caught him stealing. From her. See, there's this is this is getting into the thing that I want to talk about. There's mm. two ways to explain that. Mm. Callbacks because this isn't the Steven Spielberg one, and you want to remind people of those adventures so that you tie this one into them, and that's Disney making a choice, and you get notes from a studio, and probably mm-hmm. the real way that the machine operates. Yeah. On the flip side, that kid is not sure around. Phoebe mm-hmm. Waller-Bridge is not Indiana Jones, but they're close enough to make you look at them and think that they're supposed to be like them. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, what are you, stupid? There's a real world. Mm-hmm. Short Round is a fiction from a fantasy from a time past that you can't have. The reality mm-hmm. is this kid needs to steal from other children to get ice cream. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't see Short Round having to survive. No. No. And so for, like, to look at a kid and go, 
that's probably just the short round of the movie, is what they're expecting you to say. <laughs> All so right. why is it in there? And then when you think about callbacks and stuff like that, there are two very key things. One is when Indiana Jones you know, says, I've seen a few many things. I've come to learn that it's not what you believe in. It's how hard you believe it. Yeah. And then, and, and it's just like, I've seen a few things in my time. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge is like, I have too. Things I can't explain. And she is also not more bewildered than Indiana Jones by what happens in the third act. So there's just enough there that we are supposed to look at her and go, she's Indiana Jones, but she deliberately strangles the audience, punches them in the face, and tells them, shut up, you're not allowed to look backwards, you have to move forwards. You can't go back to having Indiana Jones. The one that you're thinking is 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 going to be like, like they're trying to build her up to be Indiana Jones, she goes, no. And... It, again, it was about halfway through this movie that it started to piece together. The villains want to believe they're the Nazi force, but they're just three broken people who are nothing. Right. Indiana Jones is living in the reality that he's lost his son and his wife and his life, and he's lost everything there. And when Sala, a man from his past, to bring a new adventure into his life, is like, give him hell, Indiana Jones, the world screeches to a halt and honks at him in a car. Yeah. There is... There is something to this movie about every single time you're watching the movie trying to deliver what you think you want from Indiana Jones movie, action, adventure, mystery, thrills. It's all CGI garbage that is not taken care of. Yeah. It's all just made well enough to show you we could we could make that movie. Uh And we're not. Like and so everyone is like complaining about like the differences and how he feels it feels very slow and it should be an Indiana Jones adventure but it's like this movie just feels like it's saying like no like that like you have four of them mm-hmm. you know like what is going to actually happen to a man who lived into his 60s and keeps keeps trying to live that same life he's going to either die or screw up his past mm-hmm. and so the alternative um, hit me, and I actually cried at the end of this movie. The de- Harrison Ford's delivery of his pain of losing his son mm-hmm. and how real it hit him, I thought Harrison Ford did an amazing job with that. And yeah. he's continuing to play that suffering through the end of it, and I don't think I'm ever going to... Fe- like, I'm ever going to forget this exchange where... They start to have a very real conversation. Marion shows up. Mm-hmm. And Indiana Jones has been shot. And of course, he's been on another adventure. Mm-hmm. And of course, but she says, where does it hurt? And he just says, everywhere, speaking to the grief and the loss and everything that he's lost. Yeah. And she says, I know what that feels like, saying, you know, yes, I'm still hurting too. And then Indiana Jones, that character, mm-hmm. says, where doesn't it hurt? Yeah. And copes with the reality by just enjoying the past for what it was not trying to live in it and then he moves on yeah and it's very important i think that like a young indiana jones swoops into his life and says you want to go back you can't move on 
that, I mean, that's that's for sure one 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 way to look at it. I, like I never thought that at, at all in my initial viewing. I, I just thought it was just like a, a kind of like a lackluster Indiana Jones adventure. I was kind of excited once 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 Antonio Banderas showed up, but then he got so little uh, air uh, air uh, airtime and like uh, well screen time, and you didn't really get to see much of of the relationship between him and Indiana Jones. That I I don't. That when when Indy was grieving about the death of his friend, I couldn't feel it because I didn't get to actually see the actual bond that they had. So that felt. I put in my notes. Mm-hmm. I put in my notes. Why wasn't he Sala? Exactly. It's like when you're first introduced to, to Sala, like you, you they're, they're one. He he's in like half the film. Two, you you get like a good fifteen minutes of them talking and being and, and being friendly and showing that these guys have history. The most you get is. Hey, I remember you from all those years ago that we don't know and we don't get to see and we don't get to see. It, it's it's just strange and it feels hollow. See, see, even in that moment, I feel like at first, at first, I wrote, "Why isn't Antonio Banderas Sala?" Yeah, and then if you think about it, Sala begs Indiana Jones to go on his adventure with him. Why? <laughs> it goes back to what you were saying before. I'm assuming is what you're going to say. He's like he brought his passport with him, and he wants mm-hmm. to go with him, and he wants to do that. But yeah. the truth is, if he had gone and he had died, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones doesn't have that life to move forward in. Where yeah, he has Sala and Marion, just enough to look back on and enjoy his past, but mm-hmm. still move forward. So if you kill Sala, that point shakes yeah but you know it also could be reinforced you know you can't do this there's real consequences to this solid dies mm-hmm. you know that that very well could have been a thing again and, and, and again i'm i'm i'm, I'm mixed on this movie because i i can go back and I, and i can think of moments that i that i really enjoyed like uh like, like as weird as as weird as it is the the horse riding scene throughout new york i i actually really like that sequence yeah, um the, uh the whole sequence with him Running down in, in into the subway and just getting out of the tr- and 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 getting out of the way of the train just in time both times when he uh, dodges the first time then getting back onto to the platform uh, were very fun and very Indiana Jones uh, yeah. even uh, like him like escaping from uh, the school when when he's locked behind and he has to find a clever way to get out of that situation that was a nice sequence mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it just everything else just feels just a little bit off like indiana yeah. jones being scared of bugs yeah. which is weird yeah because you have raiders of the lost ark he just like knocks the spiders off and stays calm yeah he knocks them off of of Cepito? i don't know anyways yeah and um in, in and then temple of he doom. also he lights in temple of doom he lights the thing and he sees the bugs but he doesn't freak out or anything yeah um even in kind of does yeah, uh, and even in 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 uh, Kingdom of of the Crystal Skulls with uh, scorpions, it's the small ones you want to look out for. He's he's not freaked out like uh, like 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 Mud yeah. is about about the scorpions. So that that just felt very out of character for him. Yeah, but and and it, it it's like there are like moments of that so sprinkled things, throughout. They 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 tried to force things like eels. He's upset with eels, and the kids like they look like snakes, and it's like, why are you doing this? Like you have, you have to mention the Indian. Yeah, it's an Indiana Jones movie. You have to mention that he's scared of snakes. 
Yeah, like, but like, it's you already have Last Crusade do a clever twist on that by pointing out that his dad has a phobia too, and like that's right. Uh, I loved Harrison Ford in this. Yeah, I loved was... I loved him in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull for being able to pull off continuing to be Indiana Jones. Yeah, but this was its own take on the character, mm-hmm. and I I loved it, like. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. 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 Yeah. I. I, I did too. I. I still like Harrison. I, I still like Harrison Ford as, as a as an Indiana Jones. I still like how different he plays the uh, character, and 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 it 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 is a somewhat breath of fresh air just just to see him played in in a more re- realistic way. Uh, which you know, it's always it, it's it's always fun to have a different take. Kind of why I like uh, like Last Jedi so much. Uh, I don't know if I like it more than I like uh, Empire Strikes Back, but it is definitely up there as far as like favorite Star Wars movies go. Yeah, well, the thing is, the Last Jedi has some critically terrible flaws in it, like yeah. crucially, cripplingly awful moments. But its foundation mm-hmm. is so much more thoughtful about the nature of the entire franchise, and so cohesive, and so right for the choices the characters have made. I'm mm-hmm. never going to understand why people wanted some lightsaber-wielding badass Luke Skywalker when the whole point of the end of mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi is he throws his lightsaber away, and that's why he wins. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm never going to understand why people are like, well, he should be like a badass. Like, no, that's the beginning of Return of the Jedi. Right. Where he thinks that's how to be a badass. Mm-hmm. You forgot that that movie has an arc in it. <laughs> So, then this movie has has an arc in it too, and it, it, it takes it, it it takes Phoebe Waller to to make make that arc come true because without her, he doesn't get the arc. He just he stops in the middle. Yeah, like yeah, I, 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 there's just so many like there's I, I really something about me is really warming up to this movie for these. For the opposite. It's like, this is a movie that on the whole has problems, mm-hmm. but there are these tiny moments yeah. that carry so much weight that it sort of elevates the thing. Yeah. And, you know, like, I loved Mads Mikkelsen's panic at the seed <laughs> of doubt Indiana Jones plants. Right, When right. he's like, he didn't think about tectonic plate movement. Yeah, and he actually tries to turn the ship around and throws off everything. Mm-hmm. His his whole life has been one direction, and he he breaks down in a very real way. Uh, uh, yeah, Maz yeah Maz Mickelson was was fun as always. Uh, I've uh, kind of almost a one note character, and I'm I'm kind of surprised he still has a head. He's, he's going on like um, a 50, 80 mile an hour train and his head gets whacked by a wooden post. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I don't know about that. Like, again, Gumby people, like, I don't, and they try to de-age him too and nobody talks about that. And I thought that mm-hmm. looked fake as hell. Um, I, I will say the all of the villains are very one note. Yeah. But I feel like, I, again, I feel like that's the point and I know I'm wrong. I know that I'm wrong <laughs> and that's not the point. But I feel like they stand in contrast to a real world full of people and they're still like, nope, Nazis have to be Nazis and it's just one-minded and it's all we ever think about. It's like, it's been decades, man. You don't, you never wanted a wife. You never wanted any partner. I don't know the way 
Mads Mikkelsen's character swings, you know? Well, I guess no, because he's a Nazi. No, so we know exactly which way he swings. So, never mind. Um, <laughs> I mean, his character does have a line that kind of sort of supports this theory that, that uh, you're going on, and it's it's like, uh, the world has no more room for men like us, Doc, Doc Emma Jones, or something like that, when, when, when he's right. in the room. there's a kinship. Yeah. And they're so obsessed with it that they get them thrown back there. Then Indiana Jones kind of gets sucked into it, too, and, like, wants to stay. I, I, there are a lot of lines. Like, I, I, I don't have, like, notes on the specifics of it. But it was what people were saying. And there are other people who have had a read like mine on the movie. I mm-hmm. shared one the other day where they talk about the role that nostalgia plays in this movie. And yeah. how the message of this movie kind of does seem to be on the surface. Nostalgia is okay, just... Just don't get lost in it. That's not the point. You know, like, it can, right. should be a good thing. And I think it's very easy to take that read away from the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fine with this being what it is, which is, you know, Harrison Ford's send-off to the character. But yeah, like, this is just a... Uh, it's, it's, it's just a nice sense. Uh, it's, it's, it's a nice send-off. It stands in contrast to everything else that Indiana Jones has been. Uh, which is kind of a reason to go back and watch it. I don't know if I ever will, but uh, yeah, I absolutely will. There, there are there are definitely moments and scenes that that stand out faith that stand out faith uh, favorably in 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 my mind, and it's it's stuff like, and it, it is stuff that uh, that uh, James Mangold it, like it excels at, which is the character drama and and getting into the nitty gritty. You see it in Logan. You see it. In Ford versus Ferrari, with with the dynamic between Christian Bale and Matt Damon, uh, like like he's he's really good at at uh, at the interpersonal relationships and and making them seem grounded and, and real, and that comes across very well in this movie. I'm I'm I'd rewatch this movie just because I don't think people are giving enough credit to the crazy shots that it takes. Mm-hmm. I think the opening sequence will hold up, just not for the, any other reasons that people thought it would in retrospect. I think it'll be this fascinating thing to look at and watch that is its own short film that plays out. Yeah. And then the ending is so striking and off the wall. You have that those two caps to the movie. And then in the middle of the movie, yes, you have some action scenes that are recognizable in other movies and then don't measure up. But at the same time, you have... Uh, the classic sort of things that you want, they have a real location of a tomb for them to explore. And mm-hmm. even though that place feels like tiny and I don't, you know, it doesn't feel like as grand as, as, as other things. Mm-hmm. That's still, like, that's my favorite thing about Indiana Jones is hiking <laughs> up and crawling into a cave and finding a tomb and solving puzzles and doing all of this stuff. Yeah. There. And then this idea of the characters' relationships and the way they form and twist and it's not a conventional fetch quest. Right. It's set up like it's a fetch quest, but the reasons for the characters doing what they're doing mutate over the movie Mm -hmm. and their allegiances twist. And then there's a lot of conveniences and, Oh, they should have shot someone here and they didn't. But like, yeah, I think this movie is a very rich for, Looking back on it fondly over repeat viewers. Thank you all for listening. We are this film not rated. You can find us on Twitter at tfnrcmel. We are a branch of the Drive In Podcast Network, so check out the musiccitydrivein.com. 
I'm Eric. You can find me at High Contrast FLM. And I am Curtis. You can find me at uh, Talk Anime GA on Twitter. And we hope you enjoyed some of this conversation. I think it was a little bit more like mundane and thoughtful rather than excited. But I think, I think this movie like warrants more thought than it's being given credit for. And if that bored you, you're probably not here right now. But um, <laughs> give us your thoughts if if you did make it to here. Tell us what you think of it. Tell us, you know, your take on the movie. Just don't give us a rating. Mm-hmm.